the only thing we have to fear. The economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline Read. in the dollar. It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Good morning. What up, fam? I'm back. It's Troy Harmon. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. And I usually don't let that run to the very end. But hey, why not hear a bit of a nuclear blast, right? Uh, <laughs> it was the, the fireworks fanfare for my return. I like uh, it. Anyway, been out a couple of weeks uh, on vacation, but um, welcome I think back. We had a best of show over uh, over the Labor Day weekend, and uh, last week I had one of my guys fill in for me, and uh, it's good to be back. We have a we have a best of. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Best of. Yeah. Hey, I mean everything's <laughs> relative, Michael. I That's mean, right. <laughs> and uh, the voice you just heard was Michael Griffin. In case anybody wants to throw rotten fruit, uh, make sure you direct it at him. <laughs> Absolutely. Michael Griffin is a CFP, a certified financial planner certificate, as I'm told we're supposed to refer to you guys as. Uh, you can't use those uh, designations as a noun. That's correct. So uh, he works in our planning and implementation department. And uh, Peter Lynch is also a financial planner out of our financial planning group, uh, planning and implementation at Hensler Financial. And, uh, guys, it's good to have you on. We uh, hope to answer a few questions about uh, finance and savings and uh, various ways that people can increase their wealth, uh, especially aimed at retirement, uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be aimed at retirement, right? Right. Not at all. But uh, why don't we start out talking about the S&P 500, which is, hey, it's up this week about 1.4%. And, uh, it's doing good. And no doubt, if you look year to date, we are knocking the cover off the ball up 22%. Now, in, uh, in the case of this week, Looks like energy has had a, a resurgence, uh, 3.3% positive. Real estate is down, 1.58. It's the only sector down. Uh, financials have rallied well, 3.23% in the week, 2.86 for uh, materials and the industrials at 2.69. The rest are uh, somewhat, yeah, the the, the uh, defensive. Uh, consumer staples, utilities, uh, healthcare are all up, but uh, not huge. It's, it's good to see energy bounce back. It, it's been hit kind of hard. Lately. It has, yeah. Um, you know, energy's had a tough couple of years, actually. Um, you know, um, Saudi Arabia and uh, the OPEC, um, uh, what do you call that? A conglomerate? It's not a conglomerate. OPEC is a. Yeah, the uh, we know it's the group of yeah. Yeah. Anyway, group of oil producing producing nations yes. along with Russia decided mm. that they would overproduce, uh, you know, from their oil wells for a couple of years, trying to uh, knock out the Bakken shell out of North Dakota uh, at a certain price. It was thought and and came to be true that uh, it wouldn't be profitable for uh, for U.S. companies or those abroad that actually had activity in in uh, the Bakken shale fields of western North Dakota 
to produce oil. So, um, you know, I talk about energy all the time being a managed market. It's uh, it's one mm-hmm. of those, it's, uh, you know, from time to time it gets really tough to invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and oil being a commodity trades kind of contra to the dollar. Uh, right. Since it is priced in dollars, if you ever see dollar weakening, you will see oil spike higher. I think $140 a barrel was hit in none other than 2008, in the middle of our previous recession. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, the dollar was very weak, and uh, and oil uh, countered that with a with a huge run higher, uh, at least for a little while through through mid 2008, and then uh, it started waning again. But yeah, since about 2014. Uh, the energy space has been tough to invest in. So mm-hmm. uh, it is good to see a little of that come back. But you do know what that means, Michael. That means you're going to be paying more at the pump if uh, if crude prices rise. And they usually go up much quicker than they come down. You're right. You're right. right. I was just I was just thinking about the stock price destroy. That's all I was thinking about. But Yeah, but hey, listen. But then you now, bring up the negative side of it. That's no, fine. I, I'll tell you this. I've had this conversation <laughs> with my dad before. He could confirm it. Uh, he used to complain to me about the fact of what I just said. You know, you see crude oil prices spike higher. Uh, the price at the pump goes up, and then it, mm-hmm. you know, you'll hear the news that uh, crude prices have fallen, but the price at the pump always seems to linger a little higher for much longer than you expected. And I told him, you know, how do you cure that? You cure your anger at the oil companies? You invest. Invest. You invest in oil companies. That's true. Because yeah. what winds up happening is you get the benefit of the profits, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you put gas in your car and expect your dividend to show up in your account, and life's good. That's, that's a good fair. idea. That's yeah. fair. That's like that's it. So, so there's you one of those other motivations uh, <laughs> as to why you should invest. Um, but I it, like it. it works real well in those staples that we use every day. I mean, you know, invest in those things. Number one, most of them do provide a significant dividend right. uh, for their investors, all companies included. And, um, you know, at that point then, you uh, you know that when prices go higher and you're paying more at the pump, uh, at least you're getting some return. Benefits. Yeah, at least exactly. you're getting some return on it. Yeah, this is this is how you should hedge too. If you're a if you're a business owner, think about it. If you're if you're a business owner and you have a business that is very cyclical, meaning that it's sensitive to the business cycle. When uh, things are doing well, it does well. But if it's very sensitive to recessions, mm-hmm. uh, might be a great reason for you to buy some of those staple like companies. Uh, that that are uh, contracyclical, if you will, which means you know a, a person in a in an industrial type business that mm-hmm. is also an investor investing for their retirement should probably be overweight staples and overweight uh, healthcare and overweight utilities. Those companies that do tend to make their money no matter what. You know you're going to always have the lights on. You're always going to buy certain things, food, you know, groceries, right? Uh, healthcare, cigarettes. cigarettes uh, I mean. <laughs> We do have exposure to cigarettes in our portfolios, and uh, you know people people don't tend to change those habits right. they uh, don't. just because of because of where we are in the economic cycle. So, uh, thanks for leading me into that, Michael. Whether it be intentional or not. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Uh, if you look um, year to date, we're up 22.07 percent, led by information technology, which is up 33.5 percent year to date. Unbelievable. Healthcare, on the other hand, is up 
but it's up less than everything else, 7.11%. Energy, as you mentioned, 7.84%. And then materials, 17.32%. Also at the top of the list, this week's laggard uh, real estate is up 28% over the last 12, or no, that's year-to-date again. If you look at the last 12 months, now we had an event back in last fall that a lot of folks forgot about because what happened? Uh, we recovered from it pretty quickly. Quickly, right? very quickly. But uh, it, December was November, December weren't were not great months at the no, end of the year. Yeah, uh, basically that that decline started um, September 20th was the top of the market, um, and it fell. The the S and P 500 at least fell uh, through December 24th. At the time, we lost almost 20% on the S and P 500. I think the price uh, return was like. Negative 19.78 percent. Since then, we've recovered and we're up six and a half percent. So for the year, if you wanted to, for the year, meaning the last 12 months, we're up 6.57 percent. And guess what? Utilities are the big winner, up 21 percent. So uh, they didn't decline as much. This Mm -hmm. is again to that point. Like you just talked about. Yeah, it's it's a counter cyclical move. Uh, utilities up 21%. Real estate, another one of those uh, staple-like products, uh, doesn't fluctuate in price near as much as uh, some of the others, up 20.57. Consumer staples up 14.87. Then you get to technology, which is up 12.5%. On the bottom of that, energy, as you said, uh, Michael, you know, been getting getting beat uh, pretty soundly down 15% in the last 12 months. So, uh, um it's good to be a purchaser of gasoline relative to a year ago. <laughs> True. Uh, but maybe not so much an investor in uh, those types of stocks. So um, <clears throat> that's the uh, the news from that space. If you look, uh, probably the biggest news in economic news, uh, biggest release in economic news uh, over the last week, uh, employment situation came out last Friday. Uh, labor market uh, moderated further in August. We got an increase of 130,000 jobs. We were expecting almost 160,000 to have been created. Uh, at 130, we uh, actually keep up pretty well with uh, population growth. I think it's right at 127,000 or something like that that um, we expect over uh, over month over month. So we have mm-hmm. to create that many jobs in order to st- uh, stay up with uh, population growth. Um, mortgage application surveys kind of uh, weakened since uh, we haven't had much move in interest rates and uh, producer price index. We saw um, prices were up 0.4%. That producer price index is uh, kind of a precursor to inflation that you pay um, just buying all the goods that you might enjoy. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Michael, at the break, you did ask something about uh, why would mortgage rates slow down, or well, maybe w- what's the <clears throat> what's the the driving force yeah, behind it. Troy, I was just wondering if if possibly you know we've talked a lot over the past couple of months about about interest rates yeah, and uh, the, continuing to decline and the yeah. possibility that they may decline more over the next right um, you know six to even twelve months. And yeah. I was just wondering. If you thought, or if we thought, you know, possibly that the decline was due to the fact that people were waiting to see what happened with interest rates and see if they could get a better, very a better well rate. Very well could be. Very well could that be. Makes, and, it and, makes sense. Yeah, and if you look at uh, some of the numbers from the past week, uh, I will tell you that interest rates increased this week. 
so um, in the uh, let me look real quick. 30-year mortgage uh, increased by 20, uh, 18 basis points oh. hmm. uh, on average. This is a national average. 30-year uh, fixed mortgage uh, increased to 3.84%, up 18 basis points. Usually when you have an increase like that, uh, it it's going to supersede expectations. But I do believe that most people have heard the news that uh, a lot of a lot of folks are expecting a recession. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That being the case... Uh, it's not real surprising, and it could be the expectation of lower interest rates would drive uh, that activity lower. But I, I really believe when you see it rising 18 basis points, it's uh, they're still real low. I mean, 3.84%, no, it's still very uh, reasonable. The 10-year uh, increased 22 basis points, or 0.22% this week, and even the, the two-year uh, was up. Um, 19 basis points, 0.19%. And by the way, the inversion in the yield curve that we had talked about previous um, in, in previous shows where the two-year yield was higher than the 10-year, uh, it has corrected itself, but we're still only six basis points or 0.06% differential. 1.71 is the two-year, 1.77 is the 10-year. And uh, even that, um, you know, is, is kind of in flux. We see uh, interest rates have increased slightly over the hmm. last um, couple of weeks, at least, because at one point we were down to like one three six. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. On the on the ten year, so uh, about a thirty five basis point increase over the last couple of weeks. Not real surprising that we would see a change in uh, consumer activity or consumer behavior. Um, you know, kind of putting off that uh, mortgage refi. They many of them thought they were striking while the iron was hot, but uh, and the Fed is expected to cut rates they are. the next several. Rounds, they really are. Right? Yeah, September. Uh, I think it's October and December. So maybe three more before the end of the year, and maybe even another in uh, in mm. January. So yeah. um, even though some of the uh, some of the PPI that I just talked about, we see inflation and we also see a cut in interest rates that usually uh, those two don't go hand in hand. Usually mm-hmm. it's when, um, you know, when inflation is, is uh, tightening or, or slowing or maybe even declining that you start seeing the Fed want to bump uh, interest rates lower. But uh, the, the talk is still pretty uh, widespread that we're going to have more interest rate cuts by the end of the year. So, um, that meeting's that meeting's next week, right? So we should know yeah, next yeah. Wednesday. So we'll, yeah, we'll see what comes of that. But I, you know, the the probability numbers according to uh, options markets on the Treasury uh, yields are still indicating that we'll see a an interest rate cut. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things. We'll just have to wait and see. But, of course. Uh, and but, some people still really think there's there. influence from the White House. Oh, I don't doubt it. Uh, the, the White House has been very vocal about that sort very. of thing, and I'll be honest with you, and, and publicly vocal. I mean, if he's going right. to do it, why not be open and, and uh, show us a little bit of clarity at least? Uh, you know, there's some transparency here, um, but yeah. it's not really the Fed's no. duty to uh, support the president's <laughs> wishes. They need to look at uh, data, and uh, that's what I would hope that they're doing. And um, I believe that December of last year, Prove to us that no matter what the president says, they might go the opposite direction because he was really harping that we should have 
a rate cut in December and or at least stand pat and do nothing and we had a rate increase. Right. Uh, to be honest with you, that's part of what kicked off our volatile session uh, leading up to December. All right, we're going to take a real quick break here. You're listening to Money Talks. Uh, when we get back, we'll have a dog of the week and we'll get into a case study. Stick around. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.